There are many ways people listen to Vision, including DAB Plus Digital Radio. If you're in Greater Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane and have a digital radio receiver in your car or home, you'll find Vision Christian Radio on the station list. If you're visiting one of these cities and hiring a car, there's a good chance it will have a DAB receiver and you'll be able to enjoy vision with exceptional sound quality while you drive around. If you don't already own a DAB receiver, you'll find many models, including clock radios at electronic retailers for under $100. To find out more about vision on digital radio and whether you're within the broadcast footprint, see vision.org.au slash DAB. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. But we, we miss so much of it because mm. we, don't, we don't go back to that culture and that context. And we get the general drift when we read that passage, don't be stingy but be generous and mm. don't be governed by money. But we actually miss the context. It means so much more. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Welcome to another episode of Foundations, and we're talking about context. That's really what Foundations is all about, understanding the context and how it's important for understanding the Bible correctly, and how sometimes we can read a word or a phrase and interpret it through a modern definition, resulting in a very wrong understanding. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. What did Jesus mean when he made reference to a bad or an evil eye? It's interesting because the last couple of episodes we were talking about walking in the dust of our rabbi. Well, how do you walk in the dust of your rabbi? You walk as close to him as you possibly can at the very dust that he stirs up when he's walking lands all over you because you want to learn from every word he says, every nuance of his expression, everything he believes. You want to, you want to emulate him. And when a rabbi spoke, um, you know, the people would sit and they would, you know, the students would, you know, embrace and they would want to ruminate and chew on every single word that that came from their rabbi's mouth. Because, because in Jewish culture, if the rabbi speaks, it's as though they're speaking for God. Mm. Doesn't mean that they consider a rabbi to be uh, a human rabbi to be um, what's the word perfect, where they can't make a mistake. It, it wasn't that. It, but it was reverence for the fact that this man had – I mean, when a rabbi becomes a rabbi, I mean, they they, they, they study for years and mm. years and years. So they're really well-versed in Scripture. Many of them can just recite Scripture and the commentaries like, you know, verbatim. So they're bathed in it. So the student wants to learn everything so that, you know, they become just like them. But to be really honest with you, there were some things that Jesus said that were a little bit difficult to understand. <laughs> there were times it was a, a little bit confusing. Well, actually, no, it wasn't confusing for the people in that day because yeah, they understood the culture. Right, they yeah. knew what he was referring to. But for us, we read it and we kind of go, oh, I really can't get my head around what he was just saying. And the other thing is... The Bible is filled with um, idioms or um, what we would call, you know, figures of speech. Like, for example, if I said to you, use the, the, the phrase to beat around the bush, well, you know what mm-hmm. I'm referring to. Yep. And if somebody's, oh, they've kicked the bucket, yep. you know what that means. Somebody has just passed away. Uh, it's a little irreverent, I might add, but <laughs> that's basically what it means. Um, if you, to get someone's goat, 
Mm-hmm. You know what that means, or to catch my you catch my drift. Yeah, now I, I catch your drift. Yeah, you, you do. <laughs> good, good, I'm glad. But the thing is, is that if you don't know those figures of speech, what you mean actually is no relation to the actual words that you've just used. Mm, that's right. Okay, so otherwise, if you use those. And people don't know what you're talking about. They go, what are you doing running around kicking buckets? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they, that's they haven't caught your drift. They haven't got that drift. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. So I want to look at um, an idiom or a, um, a figure of speech that Jesus used that can – and we're talking about context here. And this kind of is one of those things where you think, hang on, he's just completely gone off subject. Mm. And so I want to look at um, the passage of Scripture from Matthew six nineteen to 25. I mean, if you want to start off with that, that'd be great. So it starts by Jesus saying, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves don't break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then the next verses go on to say, The eye is the lamp of the body. So when your eye is clear, your whole body will be clear, uh, full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if the light that's in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Mm. And then... So then Jesus uh, continues to say, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and wealth. For this reason I say to you, don't be worried about your life as to what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing now that's a passage that we're all incredibly familiar with from the sermon on the mount and we understand he starts off by talking about not storing up physical or material wealth for yourself here it's just going to corrode it's going to eventually come to nothing and lose its value but rather store up spiritual wealth and treasure when moth and rust is not going to touch it, but it's stored in, in heaven with the Father, where he knows. And then, of course, he, he concludes um, the passage by saying, and you can't serve two masters. Mm. It's either God and spiritual wealth, or it's going to be physical wealth, money, and possessions. But it, you, it can't be both. Yeah. It's one or the other. And you kind of go, yeah, I, I get that. That makes Perfect sense. But right so in the middle the of it. So what does the bad eye have to do with it? <laughs> yeah, he starts talking about having a bad eye. Now, I've been to Israel. I've been to Turkey. I've been to Jordan. And one thing that's really clear in the Middle East is that there's great superstition, and particularly of what they call the evil eye. And you see this little blue and white eye everywhere, and it's particularly like everywhere in Turkey. Mm. But even in Israel, they've got this little picture of a little um, hand. It's called a Hamza, and inside it, there's this little eye. And it's supposed to it's supposed to ward off the evil eye and evil spirit. So in Middle Eastern culture, this evil eye is very, very superstitious. So was Jesus superstitious? Well, no, he wasn't. Not at all. But in ancient Jewish culture... If you had an evil eye or a dark eye or a bad eye, you were a stingy person. You were a miser. Mm. You were greedy. You wanted to accumulate stuff for yourself and you never, ever, ever bothered to think or consider anybody else. But if you weren't stingy, if you were generous, you were considered to have a good eye or a, a light. So... Um, so there are very depending on the translation of the Bible that you have, it could be an evil eye, a bad eye, a good eye. Whatever adjective your translation uses, it was actually a it's an idiom. It's a 
a pattern or a figure of speech that was used in Jewish culture to, to describe somebody who's stingy and a miser as opposed to somebody who's generous and thoughtful and mm. giving, who's happy to share. Wow. So you take that meaning of that Jewish Hebrew figure of speech, that idiom, and you sandwich that between what Jesus was talking about, and all of a sudden you go, mm. that's what he's talking yeah, it about. it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. All of a sudden he's wanting – He's wanting. It, and if you are stingy, if you're mean-spirited, well, you're tight, mean-fisted, and you're, you're, you lack compassion. You don't think about anybody mm. else. Whereas a generous person, they're filled with light. I mean, and then, okay, look at Jesus. I mean, was he filled with light and yet he gave everything? Mm. What is God the Father like? Filled with light. The Father of light, Scripture says, mm. so generous that he gave his own son. Yeah. And then you look at that, that contrasting view where, you know, you've got somebody who's a miser, you know, and then you say, okay, now I have to hold this mirror up in front of me. Mm. What do I look like? Where am I on this scale? Am I sort of half in between? Am I really at one end of the spectrum mm. or not? So it's it's. It's a really fascinating way to read this scripture in its context, and yeah. suddenly the context makes a whole lot more sense. And he hasn't gone off on a tangent, and he's definitely not superstitious. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, but I guess he's understanding the superstition of his culture to use that that idiom or that phraseology to put it into perspective into a way that they would you know, completely understand. Yeah. To to make uh, make sense of it all. Yeah, and and what what's really fascinating is how all pervading it's. Still is to this day, mm. like the the color, the blue and the white of this little this little eye, this little evil eye. Um, it even comes through in this turquoise aquary blue that's literally all over the ancient city uh, seaport of well Jaffa today, but Joppa. Mm -hmm. Even the street signs are in this aqua blue, which is all sort of connected with it. All about this wow. superstition of keeping away these, this evil eye. Mm. It's so all pervasive, in, and then it has been handed on through um, centuries, really. But we we miss so much of it because mm. we don't we don't sort of study and look back. We don't go back to that culture and that context, and we get the general drift when we read that passage. Don't be stingy, but be generous, and mm. don't be governed by money. But we actually miss the context. It means so much more. Well, that's uh, more understanding of the context of the scriptures. And that's what uh, this program, Foundations, is really all about. So on the next program, we're going to take a look at why names are so important in Jewish culture. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.